Welcome to Wisdom, Love, and Beauty, a podcast for the soul and the home of dangerous wisdom. This is Dr. Nikos, your friendly neighborhood soul doctor, and we've arrived at our midweek contemplation of insights from Yi Jing, the field guide to synchronicity science. Our hexagram for this week is 62, which we can call predominance of the small. Last time we touched on the inner and outer aspects of this hexagram. And since then, I have spoken to two listeners who both find themselves facing the situation those inner and outer aspects describe. In particular, they face a suspicion that, or even really an awareness, I say suspicion because these things have an unconscious dimension, but a some sense that an inner boundedness holds them back. It holds back their activity in the world. You might remember we spoke about the outer aspect as the upper trigram, which is thunder. It's the sense of aroused activity. Outwardly, the situation involves activity and excitement. And that could feel threatening. That's why it goes together in this important way with the inner trigram, which is mountain or stillness, but can also be called boundedness, the bound. In the most ideal case, the inner-outer relationship means that we maintain equanimity, we maintain serenity and wonder, even as things get active and excited outside of us. Now, we're speaking in relative terms. There's a non-duality of the inner and outer, but in relative terms, that would be the ideal case. But in the encumbered situation, our life can feel outwardly busy, and we might even feel overwhelmed by all kinds of external details. And even though there's all this stuff that's going on, all the stuff we have to attend to, we don't feel like much is happening in our life. We don't really feel like we're going anywhere or that our real potential is is unfolding in the outward world. And we might even long for something to come along and shake things up. That's that thunder, the shake. And the problem is that inwardly we lack peace. Inwardly we have bound ourselves up. And that inner boundedness seems like the primary pattern here. We, we could, you might resonate, you might think, oh no, no, there's a lot that's happening in my life is good and I'm trying, I'm taking this as a reminder to maintain the inner peace. I don't really feel a boundedness. But we have to keep in mind that even if we don't at first sense the resonance there with that boundedness, we have to keep in mind that the inner boundedness can function in an unconscious way. That's the issue for most of us. If the blocks that we had, even the ones that we could talk about, we might be able to talk about them intellectually, but they always have some unconscious dimension that keeps them set in place. If we truly saw through them, then they wouldn't block us anymore. Now, granted, that's the more Socratic way of looking at these things. Socrates didn't think that anybody did anything wrong or limiting or violent or conflicted. 
except from ignorance. He just he believed that it always had to do with we lacked in, a complete insight into our situation. And so this seems to be the important part of the pattern, not only because I, I'm already hearing from people who have run right up against their inner boundedness recently, but also because of the moving lines for this hexagram. We only have one moving line in response from the Yijing, and that moving line deliberately warns us that the way is closed to us right now. And most of the moving lines in this particular hexagrams carry some kind of warning about not trying to do anything big. So this hexagram's basic character has to do with a basic counsel, some version of a counsel to return to stillness, to try and liberate our inner boundedness into genuine serenity and wonder, equanimity and insight. So equanimity really is not just a peace, but a clarity, real clarity that allows for insight to arise. Now this moving line in particular, it's the, the first line of the hexagram is the one that's moving for us, it specifically says that in some way we're acting like a flying bird. And we might feel very tempted to try to fly upward. Maybe we have that as a conscious aim. And maybe it's just that we wish we could fly upward. We're doing all this wing flapping and we think, man, I wish I could just go somewhere. I should aim high. And Yi Jing says, no, fly low. Even come down to the ground. It's important to practice humility to make sure we don't seek applause or approval or in any way try to impress anyone. Now, Yijing generally encourages us, and it encourages the sense that this is impermanent. Abundance is coming. You know, something good will shake up the situation. We don't have to fly low forever. We don't have to ground ourselves forever. But if we confuse our capacity to fly at all, with our ability to fly high in this moment, will bring misfortune. If we get in a hurry to soar to great heights, when in fact now is the time to rejuvenate and refine ourselves, then in the end we'll fall behind rather than achieving true success. Now in part this has to do with honesty, courageously becoming aware of our subtle and hidden faults and then confessing them to ourselves and to those who can help us grow beyond them. All these things go together. Humility means not only seeking out and becoming aware of inner boundedness that obstructs the life that we share together. It also means seeking help from others, both because other people can help us see our unconscious blocks, because they can see them better than we can at first but also because a skillful helper has already navigated those very same blocks or ones psychically analogous to them, ones just like them. They know the path and the pitfalls, but we can get so caught up in the dominant culture of being too proud to just go and get the help we need. And Yi Jing is saying, stop flapping the wings, fly low, seek cover, Rest a little bit and refine 
refine yourself, begin to let go of those inner boundaries. And we're not talking about, you know, the common psychological talk of having healthy boundaries. That's all well and good. This is boundedness, not a healthy boundary. This is obstruction. So spend some time the next day or two contemplating these very essential matters. can reflect on this archetypal patterning, see how it goes. And next time we'll have further insights that will give us a sense of the potentials of this situation, where we might be able to move or what might be next. And contemplating those, as usual, will give us plenty of food for thought and for practice over the weekend. In the meantime, if you have questions, reflections, or stories of synchronicity to share, send them in through wisdomloveandbeauty.org, soon to be shifting to dangerouswisdom.org. In fact, both URLs have uh, always been active. And we'll maybe bring some of your reflections and questions and stories into a future contemplation. Until then, this is Dr. Nico, your friendly neighborhood soul doctor, reminding you that your soul and the soul of the world are not two things. Take good care of them.